This is Cruise Radio. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Welcome to this week's bonus episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Joy. My name is Doug Parker. Happy to have you here. Richard Sims is back with us this week to interview me about the three-night cruise I took on Norwegian Joy from Vancouver down to Los Angeles. Also, a deck-by-deck tour of Norwegian Joy just uploaded to our Cruise Radio YouTube channel. As always, Richard, take the reins, and it's all yours, my friend. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Doug, as always. Uh, really looking forward to this one because the closest I've come to this particular ship is Bliss, which you know we spent like two days on exploring. So give me some first thoughts as you were getting ready to head toward boarding Joy. So randomly enough, we were on Bliss like exactly a year ago today which was kind You're of, right. kind of right. random. But so I was expecting a lot of that. You know, it's always a, like this cruise ship's breaking the mold, blah, blah, blah. You know, looking at Joy and doing the research on Joy, it was interesting to me because, yeah, it was the very first ship to have a go-kart track at sea, which I think is kind of breaking the mold. You know, when you're having a go-kart track on the back of a ship or an open-air laser tag area on the very top of the ship, I think that is innovative and that's just not a cliche. Oh, we're the first to do this at sea because you're legit. Like, if you do that, you could stand behind that and own it. That would have been something very unique. So I was excited to see the changes as well, um, because when the ship was launched, it was built for the Chinese market. So more gambling, more shops, less restaurants. And then it underwent this like massive 50 million renovation, $50 million renovation in Singapore, and then a five-day wet dock in Seattle to westernize the ship to make it more American, you know, more food, less casinos. So I was excited to see what the changes would actually look like in person. Here's a question that I haven't really heard addressed anywhere. Being kind of familiar with Bliss, when you went on Joy, did you notice anything in particular that you could see? You could look at it and say, that's clearly sort of a leftover from the Easternization of it. You know, there was there were there any signs left that it had been built for a different market? There were a couple of areas. I wouldn't say like dead space, but there was a couple of rooms maybe like off the teppanyaki restaurant that wasn't really filled yet. I'm sure it will be filled one day, but really it was just like walking on to Norwegian Bliss. All right. So let's back up a little bit and talk about that. When you uh, stepped on board, when you're, uh, uh, how was the embarkation process? And as we always talk about, what was the sort of first impression that the ship makes when you walk on board? So the ship is going to be sailing out of Seattle, um, or I guess it is as of right now sailing out of Seattle. So Vancouver was kind of a one-off. So when I boarded in Vancouver, you had to clear U.S. Customs before you board the ship. So you don't have to do it on the back end of the cruise. But again, you know, it's sailing from Seattle, so that won't even even really be an issue. So yeah, embarkation was cool. You, you boarded on deck seven. And, you know, like Bliss or Getaway or Escape, you just kind of walk into this hallway when you board on Deck 7. I boarded in the front of Deck 7. So if you were to go right, you would walk into the Joy Theater. If you were to go left, it would take you to the arcade going through the local sports bar and grill. But if you walk straight ahead, the stairwell and the elevator bank was right there. Okay. So you get on board. What's the first thing you do? The first thing I did is I went to my stateroom and I had a very forward stateroom on deck eight. So it was, I, I kept describing the stateroom as a, a secret corridor because the stateroom was very forward. It was a balcony stateroom on the port side of the ship, but you had to go through two different hallways to get to it. Um, and I believe it was uh, room 8122, if anyone wants to check this out on a deck plan map. But I think the corridors were there because. 
it went alongside of the District Brew House, which is the pub on board that has like, I don't know, maybe a hundred different types of beers between draft and bottles. So I think those doors were maybe insulators between District Brew House and the actual cabins itself. But yeah, I went to my cabin, dropped my stuff off, took uh, a couple of photos, and then went around and explored the ship. Of course, you know, the first thing you when you board the ship, you go look for food. This was a little bit different than a normal sailing because this was sort of a... Uh, a shakedown cruise with like media and travel agents and stuff like that. I'm assuming that at some point you basically, that you didn't have complete control of what you were going to do for the next couple of days, that there was some sort of scheduling going on of where you would, would be and when you would experience things. Is that right? Yeah, there were some open gaps in the schedule, but for the most part, these media events uh, are really regimented. And, you know, from 8.30 to 10, you're here, and then you have like maybe an hour free time, then onto a session with the CEO or whatever. So it was regimented, but I got to explore, um, you know, we did have some free time, like meals on your own. So when I got on board, the first place I went, well, I went to Q Barbecue, but they weren't open for lunch, which I was kind of upset about because I love me some Q Barbecue. So I went to the garden. You could have just said, I love me some barbecue, because I think at this point, we all know that um, if there's barbecue, it's got your name on. That's true. Yeah. I love me some barbecue. Um, so I <laughs> I went to the Garden Cafe, which is their buffet cafe, and I'll go ahead and talk about this now. This was a nice spot, port side, starboard side, mirrored each other all the way forward. Right when you walked in, there was a big U-shaped buffet, and then an inverted U, if that makes sense. They kind of butt up against each other. So instead of having a bunch of little islands in the Garden Cafe, it was pretty much just straight lines with tons of food from, there was a carving station there, like a pasta station, hamburgers, uh, you name it, Indian food, it was there, pizza. So there was a lot of selection, but there weren't islands. It was all just one continuous flow. I will say, though, it gets a little tight up there during, maybe it was just an embarkation day thing, but we could not find a seat. In fact, we went around three different times, took three laps. The third lap, I was like, oh, look, there's my friend Julie. Let's ask if we can sit with her. And we wound up sitting with Julie because there was no seats unless we went outside, which I really didn't know at the time. It's interesting because on a lot of the Breakaway class ships, for example, on, uh, I think on Breakaway, definitely, even on some of the smaller ships like Gem. Um, if there is a specialty restaurant that's next to or around um, where the buffet is, they often open it up for seating. Uh, and certainly some of the ships have um, seating out back. Did they have outdoor seating back like beyond the buffet? They did have it by the pool. And so there was plenty of seating by the pool. But, you know, in... And I guess my lack of research, right? Like if I would have known that or if I would have known that they were serving lunch and taste or savor, I would have probably went down there or even the sports bar, the local bar and grill, they were open for lunch as well. But, you know, everyone's in the same mindset, you know, just go straight to the buffet and find your meal. So we'll just call that a rookie mistake I made. Well, and it's funny because I'll tell you when you when I, I've noticed this on certainly on several of the NCL ships is when you go on board, they even they're making the announcements telling you, you know, if you would like to get lunch, go up to the Garden Cafe and grab but there they actually don't even mention mm -hmm. that the that the main dining rooms are empty are, are open usually i i always go to a main dining room because i like sitting down and having somebody serve me lunch you know that's a nice way to start your trip but the vast majority of people do exactly what you do they go up to the, they did they go up to the buffet because they don't even realize that they have the option of yeah. going to one of the sit-down restaurants but as i mentioned and in all fairness there was seating outside i just didn't see it am i right that they have it set up most NCL ships don't have sort of um, different stations. They have 
sort of a long counter, um, almost like a lunchroom, you know, like in, in high school where you just kind of like wander down the, the line and pick what you want. That is exactly what it was like. Okay, so you grab some lunch, you've fueled the engine. Where did you uh, go next? To take a nap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, went to the stateroom, laid down, plenty of space in the stateroom. There was two USB plugs that were by the bed. Um, there was two regular plugs at the vanity. Nice bathroom, nice glass rectangle shower. Nice size balcony for being a forward state uh, forward balcony stateroom. So overall, nice accommodations. Oh, but the balcony overlooked like people would look down on you because our balcony went out a little bit. So people could look, you could look up and see other people or they can look down and see you. Does that make sense? It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it depends how much of an exhibitionist do you feel like being on any (laughs) given day? (laughs) All right. So you took a nap. Then I'm going to assume at some point you wandered around. What time did you, uh, what time did the ship set sail? The ship set sail at four. And so we were on early, got food. I took a little nap and then I was, you know, off to the races, taking pictures, taking video, all of that. A mustard drill was at 3.30. Our mustard drill was in the Joy Theater all the way forward on deck seven. So we only had to walk down one flight of steps to go to mustard drill, but really fast and really efficient. And then we went upstairs for sail away. We did our sail away in Spice H2O. And this is their adults only area. So if you're familiar with Carnival Serenity area, it's kind of like that. Would that be a fair comparison? Yeah, very much so. Okay. It was pretty high up. So I want to say it was like on deck 17 aft. And there's a big screen back there. There's going to be a there's a debate here if it's a pool or a hot tub. If it's a hot tub, it's real. It's a really, really big hot tub, kind of a big figure eight or big oval shape. And then on the other side, opposite of that, there's a bar back there. One of the big differences between Spice H2O on Bliss and on this one is that the Norwegian Joy seemed a little more covered than Norwegian Bliss. Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, you know, having having just come off um, Escape and Getaway and some of the other, um, you know, similar ships, that 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 this one really seemed so much more. I shouldn't say enclosed because it's not really enclosed, but the sort of canopy or whatever you want to call it that goes overhead really does go fairly far out there, which is unusual because on most of the ships, Spice H2O is sort of basically the sun sunbathing place for anybody who doesn't want to you know, be down by the pool. And the pools on this ship, which uh, we'll talk about in a minute, are a little bit smaller, I believe, which means a lot of people probably funnel up to Spice H2O to get away from the kids. So it's sort of surprising to me how much of it was covered up. You were talking earlier about the differences between the eastern and westernization of the ship, and that is one of them is the pool deck because there is more um, surface area than there are pools on the deck, and that's because when the ship was over in China, it, there was covered canopies, and this was kind of, a, kind of a zen garden out here, whereas when it comes to the U.S., we're all about fun in the sun, you know, rip the canopies off, strip the astroturf back, and give us some pools. Am I right that the other reason that um, there might be less pool space on this ship is because it's serving the Alaska market? And when you, you know, based on the time of year that you do Alaska, typically, uh, you're probably not going to have a lot of sun worshiping going on. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Alaska, I think, six times. And I will say it gets kind of chilly, especially in the evenings, like in the 40s and 50s in the middle of the summer up there. So you're right. And which also makes me wonder... You know how your favorite area on the ship is the Vibe Beach Club they have, which is the very forward part on this ship. And those passes are like, what, 209 for the week when it's sailing in the Caribbean or out of New York City. So I'm wondering if Vibe is going to be 
like if they're going to put a premium on that because there's not going to be a lot of sun up in Alaska, or at least if there is sun, you're not going to want to lay out there. Yeah, and that is one of the interesting things about this ship, and to a certain extent Bliss as well, which will both be doing Alaska, is you know that while they have a lot of features that will make them great for Alaska – they will also be spending part of the year doing the Caribbean, and some of those features don't necessarily translate from one to the other, like the pool spaces, like Spice H2O, like Vibe, that kind of thing. Um, one of the other things that this ship has gotten a lot of buzz about, just like Bliss did, is the observation lounges. Am I right? This one has two as well? Yeah, this one does have two observation lounges. One is exclusively for the Haven, while the other one is for the general public. Located on deck 15, I believe, because if you're in uh, on deck 16 in the Garden Cafe, you can actually look down into the observation lounge because uh, the you know the Garden Cafe, the buffet is all the way forward on the ship, as is the observation lounge. When we were on Bliss, I was impressed by the size that they had put aside for this this you know public space with the bar, and it sort of stretched along the side of the ship, and the and the windows and a, and a million different seating areas. Is Joy's sort of similar to that in in its size and scope it is almost identical man there's the snacks the coffees there's a bar up there there's even a starbucks up there so literally i mean this place almost makes it okay not to book a balcony in alaska because you can get perfect views of the glaciers and sites right up here in the observation lounge forget chair hogs out by the pool we're gonna mm-hmm. start seeing chair hogs <laughs> in the observation lounge with people going down at 6 a.m and throwing a towel over right. those to save it <laughs> the day beds that are right under these big panes of glass so you're up there on the upper deck unrestricted view um if you're familiar with um let me see how would i say this like holland america's the crow's nest at the very top just picture like that on steroids or if your picture uh if you've sailed on like one of royal caribbean what like a quantum class ship the 270 part in the back picture that but on the front of the ship and you have the observation lounge amazing absolutely amazing so did you get a chance to do the uh racetrack because we did try the racetrack on bliss so so you can if you did it on joy you're able to compare them you know i got deja vu on the racetrack did you lose your glasses i on, did okay I that's did. what it was i had them in my pocket and they flew out onto the onto the track you know what? you are so lucky because they flew out like on lap one you are so lucky that people avoided that the whole race they it, it must have just been that they flew far over to the edge because yeah. i i don't know how they didn't get run over to be honest i'm 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 blown away by that the go-kart so you'll definitely want to make reservations for this they do have a standby line but good luck with that because um, at least in our sailing it was a kind of a hot mess but we had a 5 30 reservation and we actually didn't get sat into the car until 6 30 so they have you kind of like in a process you check in at 5 30 then you go to a holding area with benches and then you go almost up to the gate but there's kind of a, a group in front of you they snake you through basically so you're like really when you check in at 5 30 at 5 35 you're not going to be riding in the go-kart <laughs> you're going to wait another good 45 minutes before you get the briefing the safety briefing and then you um, get on the track eight laps it was like um, 9.95 i believe but that price is so fluid right because they've uh, they've tweaked it so many times but well, i believe it was free when they started yeah i know and sadly i think the more attractions we see like this on cruise ships the more this is going to start to be the norm yeah totally the go-karts are really fun though i spun a couple of people out and i sent some people into the wall because i'm a very aggressive go-kart driver and <laughs> there were these people out on the track that were like all talking all this stuff and i'm like okay so i made way made my way from the back of the pack all the way forward however i didn't get the best time i got the third best time because 
I found out at the end, it doesn't matter how many laps ahead you are of everyone. It's how long it takes you to complete a lap around the course. And I think the high, like the record was 33 seconds and I was like 39 seconds maybe. So you were pushing people out of the way, huh? Hey man, sometimes the wall is the only option. <laughs> Oh, you're why we can't have nice things. The other thing on this ship that I don't think any of the other ships have, at least not to this extent, is the Galaxy Pavilion um, 3D uh, experience. Did you get to check that out? And is that free or is that for a cost? That is $29.95 for a 90-minute session. And there's about a dozen different virtual reality programs or machines in there. Like there's like a Jurassic Park. It's not really not Jurassic Park, but it's like a Jurassic Park where you're in this open air canopy and you're going through the jungle and you have dinosaurs chasing you. There's a really cool shooting one, kind of like a, you go into this theater and everyone has their own gun and you strap yourself in. There is a soaring one like at Disney where you're in Epcot when you're you know soaring. You can do that. Racing. There's a Formula One car, drone wars, just a lot of different things in there. What I did not know is when the ship was sailing in Asia in this spot in the Galaxy Pavilion, there were hovercraft bumper cars back here. And then when it came over to the U.S., they put more VR machines. Not really sure why they did that. I wonder if the they, they put in the Galaxy Pavilion with the uh, with the virtual reality because, A, they're certainly charging enough for it. Like, you're not going to get $29.95 for bumper cars. And B, maybe it's a little bit more high capacity, especially when you factor in that fewer people would be using it because of the charge. Yeah, that could be it. There was also Entourage, which is part of the teens club back there, as well as a video arcade with skee-ball, which is really always fun. All right, so we sort of glossed over this earlier, but what else did you get to experience food-wise while you were on board? So I did Q. Uh, that was the first night. And it was funny because of all of our dining assigned to us before we got on the ship. So we knew where we were going. So my first night was open because they wanted me to experience freestyle dining, you know, dine where you want, when you want. So I went to Q and it was all locked up. Couldn't get a reservation to save my life. So at that point, I pretty much begged. I said, I have a party of two. I'll eat super early, super late, whatever. I just want in. Someone pulled some strings somewhere because I was able to eat on Q the very first night. So with that said, I will say if you want to eat at Q, don't roll on the ship thinking you're going to eat there when you want to. It does fill up, and it's really solid Texas barbecue. And I will say this. I'm going to put it out there like I did last year. This will give Guy Fieri's Pig and Anchor Smokehouse a run for their money that's on Carnival. And that's and that's a real endorsement coming from you, both as a lover of Guy Fieri's food and a lover of barbecue. I mean, that's a that's a solid endorsement. Did they have your precious? What is it you want? Sweet tea, lemonade? I never remember which one it is. I quit drinking sweet tea, but <gasps> they they did have it there. Um, but I just had water and then I had vodka soda. Uh, so wait, you're telling me that you basically harassed Carnival for not <laughs> having it? And then you gave it up when somebody started serving it? I'm trying to be a little more health conscious, man. <laughs> By going to the barbecue place and <laughs> yeah. not having and, and clogging my arteries <laughs> with um, banana pudding and mashed sweet potatoes and things like that. What else did you get to try while you were on board? I did not get to try Food Republic. I did that last year on Bliss. How would you describe that, though? Food Republic, I love it. It's um, It's sort of... Food from different cultures served as tapas. It's really the kind of place you want to go with a couple people because the way they set it up, at least when I was there on escape, is each person orders four different things. Mm-hmm. And and they come on, on – on, and it's basically share plates. So, so you get to taste a little bit of everything. You have two or three people and you can order practically everything on the menu. And, and it's, you think it's not going to be filling because they put those little plates down in front of you and it doesn't look like a whole lot of food, but 
it's amazing and delicious and it's they've they've got a there's there's a lot of um fusion and it's sort of focused on asian culture in some ways because mm-hmm. there's a lot of roles and things but there's also you know ribs and and calamari and just a really it's it's not i don't think it's for a picky eater because a lot of the stuff they have is you know sort of spiced and and it's it's you know you're not going to find chicken fingers on the menu but for people who want to do some tapas and have a little bit of an adventuresome uh, palate it's it's awesome yeah so you you described that a lot better than I would have ever described it then I got to go to the next night was the Manhattan uh, room which is like one of the main dining rooms and I guess kind of a throwback to a supper club would that be fair to say very much so whereas taste and savor are sort of um, they're nice. They're like upscale main dining rooms, but the Manhattan Club is a little bit different. It's you know, it's a little more, a little more classy. It's 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 got the two stories. They they usually have live music. Exactly. The main dining room setting though is great. I haven't been to a Norwegian main dining room since two thousand and seventeen when I did Norwegian Star in the Med. But yeah, everything was spot on, man. They were firing on all cylinders. We've looked at your food now. Did you at any point in the evening slide by the casino and? One, let me ask you this. One of the complaints that the ships that have 678 have had over the years is that the casino is so filled with smoke that it sort of drifts up to 8 and down to to 6 because the casino is on 7, all, the, like that whole center area of 7, and the smoke really saturates the ship. Is that a problem on this ship? It is not a problem on this ship, and I guess we should back up and say 6, 7, and 8 is kind of like their main atrium. So there's a big chandelier and staircases that go from deck 6, deck 7, and deck 8. And all around this area, there is the Cavern Club, which is where the Beatles tribute band plays. Um, there's the Social, which is the comedy club down on deck 6. And deck 7 is the casino. So the casino is non-smoking, but if you wanted to smoke... They had these glass doors, You, I guess, kind of, you know, when you're in the airport and they have the smoking rooms with the, you know, like you're in an aquarium almost. Mm-hmm. That's what this was like. So you go into the aquarium and you can smoke and play and people can watch you smoke and gamble, which is probably could be uncomfortable, I guess, for most people if you don't like being watched. It depends on how big it is. Yeah. You know, like, like, was it a good sized smoking room? I would say the smoking space was about a quarter of the casino. That's pretty big. Yeah. That's nice. There were you tables. know, because the casino on that ship is pretty big. Yeah, you know, there was the slot machines, the tables. It was funny because a lot of the the slot machines that were in China are still on the ship. So there's like the slot machines with the big sumo wrestlers on there with their hair pulled back or the big the phoenixes on there hey was, those are very popular in all casinos are they okay so, See, I'm not a oh gambler. yeah those are those are those are big money draws well let me ask you this then they have the high roller room there like what do you have to drop to go into the high roller room more than you and i will ever okay. drop <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i don't know what the actual number is but let's put it this way the people who are getting comped for the haven they are the ones who are probably uh hitting the okay. high roller room not not you and me <laughs> right okay well fair enough so you you wandered through the casino. Did you lose any money? I did not. I didn't put in a dime. I walked what? through probably. Well, you know, I mean. One, You're not a gambler. No, I'm not. But I did, you know, sometimes you feel ballsy and you throw in some money and you win <laughs> a little bit like I did. I threw in some money on the Carnival's Wheel of Fortune and I walked away with $686 on a $15 investment. But I consider that like a streak of luck. And you catch that like what? Once every 100 times. So every since then, which was on our sailing, actually, on Carnival Sunshine in 2016, okay. I haven't done it since then. You're a better man than I. I hear those <laughs> machines. They scream Wheel of Fortune and like yeah. I have to put the money in. OK, so since you didn't do that, did you at least take in some of the shows? So there was Elements, which is an acrobatic show. That was one night. 
And then there was Footloose, the musical, the next night. Uh, both of those do require reservations. They're free. But if you don't have a reservation, you can still show up and probably be seated. But you'll have to go to the standby line. So everything on this ship, I mean, it's safe to say for entertainment, for activities, for dining especially, make your reservations and figure out what you want to do before you get on the ship because everyone has that same idea. Oh, we'll figure it out when we get on the ship. And everyone gets disappointed when they go to the touchscreen boards around the ship and try to punch in Q or Food Republic and see those little red dots all the way across, which means not a chance. To be fair, that is sort of Norwegian's fault because Norwegian has built this reputation as, you know, the freestyle, like, don't worry about it. Just come on board. Mm -hmm. Go where you want. Do what you want when you want. And not, you know, a lot of the time it does work out as long as you're a little bit flexible and you're willing to wait. And if you sort of play your cards right, like, you know, a lot of times if you want to see the show and you don't have a reservation, the late show is, is easier to get into than the early show, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, so so did you see Footloose? I know you're not really a show guy. Did you see at least a little bit of it? I did. I saw 20 minutes of it. It's like a 90-minute show. And That's a good average for you. Yeah, it was a good start. And then 20 minutes in, I told Ashley, I'm like, hey, I have got to, um, I'm going crazy sitting still this long. So I'm going to go back to the cabin and start packing, and I will see you in 90 minutes. So 90 minutes went by. She came in and said, I missed a really good show. So we'll leave it at that. It'll be interesting to see if there's ever a show that you sit down to watch, and you know you're only going to see like 10, 15 minutes of it, and you become so captivated by it that you wind up staying for the whole thing. That will be the highest <laughs> praise that you can possibly give a show. Did you see Come From Away yet, the show that's playing by your house up there? I did not, but okay. you raved about that. Yeah, it was like two hours long, and it was it was a great show, no intermission. I mean, I was crying through it. I was laughing through it. It was so that one. If if they put "Come from Away" on a cruise ship, I would probably sit through it. But yeah, it's going to take no, a really. You know, what, you know what I think the other difference is? You paid for that. You know, like you had True. to buy tickets to go see "Come," and you didn't have like a million things calling your attention. Whereas on a ship, you know, I I, I think you you sort of get like almost overload. Like there's a thousand other things I can be doing right now instead of sitting here watching this <laughs> show that I didn't actually have to pay for anyway. Right, like must take video, must take pictures, <laughs> must do this, absolutely. And sp by the way, speaking of video, if you want to see a deck-by-deck -deck tour of Norwegian Joy, uh, check out the YouTube channel at Cruise Radio because about a 20-minute video going through each deck of the ship and kind of explaining the different areas. So a um, little shameless plug there. That's a good job. Now, one of the things on the top deck that you talk about in the video is actually the laser tag. Did you get to check it out? I did, and we kicked some butt up there. Another thing you need to make reservations for, and it's like $10.995 for a 10-minute session, but you're in this open air so the theme of it is an abandoned space station, and it's like on Mars or something, so there's rocks in there, well, fake rocks, of course, but you're, you're rolling around in there, you're crawling around, and you're trying to hit the other person's gun, and we got, we got first place. We won like 54 to 50, so we, we killed it in there, and one piece of advice for this one is, well, actually two, really, go at nighttime because, yeah, it's a little bit cooler up there, um, especially being up in the northwest this time of year, but secondly, it's darker. And because it is open air, there is it's more of a um, a laser tag feel at nighttime than just looking for someone's gun during the day. Everything's all lit up, and the lasers and everything are kind of zooming across there at nighttime. So, so if you want to do laser tag, make a reservation, go at night, and if you get chilly, bring a hoodie. I completely agree with you. It's a it's a one hundred percent different experience at night than it is during the day. During the day, it's fun. 
but at night it's just it's got the atmosphere it's got the you know you can actually see the lasers firing and stuff because it's dark it's it's just a, a completely different experience what i loved about it was they give you the little presentation at the beginning where they're like okay now once you go in there you need to like you know walk, don't run, don't be rolling around, don't be climbing on things. And what's the first thing everybody does as soon as the, 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 the as soon as they give you the start signal? Everybody runs into the into the arena and starts firing. It's a blast. Yeah, they blew the whistle at me twice because they're like walk, <laughs> walk. You, you get so pumped up though, right? You're trying to find the people and they're hiding and they're probably shooting you. You don't even know it until your gun starts vibrating. It's just really intense. Well, and in there. then when you're and then when you when you're out of ammunition or no, when you're hit, I guess you have to go back mm-hmm. to the uh, recharge station in order to recharge your gun, and you can't walk to that. You got to <laughs> yeah, run. Your, exactly. you, your your team needs you. You only have ten minutes. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's exhausting though. Like I w- I worked up a sweat playing that game. <laughs> Speaking of sweat, um, the fitness center, Pulse Fitness. Did you go to the gym? I did. I only ran two miles of the wholesaling. I did more steps, though. One day I did 67 flights of stairs. Whoa. Um, yeah, so I was really um, stepping it up. But I, the fitness center, it wasn't my – nothing against it. But for me, it messes up my orientation when I'm – I think that's the word. when Because the treadmills are facing all to the port side, so they're not facing front and back. So when you're on a moving ship and running, looking out of the port side window, it kind of is a little bit disorienting to me. So I did 1.8 miles and bounced out of there. That's interesting. I've never really noticed that. I mean, when I've Okay, first of all, I, I freely admit I don't spend a lot of time say, right? in the gym on this ship, but I have gone, and when I use the treadmills, I guess I notice I tend to use the ones that are facing sort of sideways, mm-hmm. you know, um, so they're facing, you know, um, I don't know what direction anything is, but but it's never really, I've never really thought about it. I can look out and look at the ocean, but so you're basically saying you felt like a salmon swimming upstream. You know what? I'm just going to say, sure, why not? You're a fragile creature. That's all we can say, but, but yeah. you get total okay. points for going to the gym, okay, so, you. so you get you get points for that. Uh, what any other sort of uh, things that you experienced or or thoughts as you were wandering around the ship? Hmm, the Mandara Spa that has a whole menu of treatments. You can do everything from getting Botox, I believe, to the pedicure, manicure, get your hair cut. They do some pretty intense treatments on chips these days, man. They have I noticed that. they also sell hats yeah. that will help you grow hair on your head. Yeah, the spa menus these days are just so intense. I don't know. One thing I, I do want to hit on though is the American Diner. That's the poolside venue that is the Margaritaville spot on the other ships since it was over in China where the ship started out. It has like the Mustang in the middle of it, the kind of the vintage gas pump, you know, things that I guess remind remind the Chinese of America, maybe. Well, for the Eastern market, that it it that would have been something very unique. You that's know, you're, was, you're you're yeah, you know, you're sort of like our version of going out for Chinese food. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why not? The food was a la carte, really good, like lobster rolls, uh, pork sliders, salad, sandwiches, wraps, just different a la carte items on the menu. Reservation, again, suggested, but I would say more so required if you actually wanted to get in because there was a pretty good wait on a couple of days there. Given that you are a lobster roll fanatic, did you try the lobster roll and how did it rate? I loved it. It did not have a mayonnaise base. It was more of a butter base and I can't do mayo, so it was perfect for me. One other thing I did love, too, was the local bar and grill. So if you're familiar with Norwegian, it's Oshihans on some ships, which was their former CEO that left the company like four years ago. But it's still Oshihans. And now um, it's called the local bar and grill. And it's at your sports bar where you get, you know, it's open 24-7. They serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. And that was really solid choices as well. I just went with the Reuben. 
And I think Ash had like a chicken finger salad or something like that. But they have their own drinks in there as well, like some like rum punches and things that do cost extra. But the food in the local is free, and that's located on Deck 7 just forward of the casino. That's a nice space too because if you want to, for example, um, like if there's something going on in the atrium and you want to watch but you're hungry, the, the they have seating around the edge uh, of the local that looks down on the atrium. So you can totally like – like if deal or no deal or something is going on downstairs, you can be sitting upstairs munching and look down on the game going on. It's a, it's a, it's a nice space. Is that where they play deal or no deal where that big screen is on deck six? Yeah, they played in the atrium. Yeah. Okay. Which is also – there's a big Starbucks there too. As well, which is just so there like, must be what two two Starbucks on the ship. Actually, there is two and a half because there's one in the observation lounge. There's one on deck six, right in that area, and then there is one. Where is it? Where is it? It's a cart, like a like a tricycle that older people ride, and it's like they <laughs> a serve tricycle like, that older people <laughs> they serve ride like, around in Florida. They do. It's they serve That's like right. nitro. Send your complaints to Doug at <laughs> Cruise Radio. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they serve nitro um, coffee by the pool <laughs> to the old people sure. who need that extra charge for their heart. <laughs> so there's two and a half Starbucks on board. Yeah, you know we don't we don't really need to talk about disembarkation, I guess, unless it was anything special here. But with it being a press trip, I'm assuming it was fairly organized. It was a hot mess. Um, was it? <laughs> yeah, you. We got off the ship on deck seven, walked out. Since we already cleared customs in Vancouver. We didn't have to clear leaving the ship. However, everyone had the same idea to get an Uber to the airport or wherever they were going. And the Uber waits were over an hour to get off. So here's a tip. If you're using an Uber at a cruise pier, walk about a thousand feet, if you're able to, with your luggage and everything, drag your family or whatever a thousand feet away from where everyone is using their Uber and dial it. We waited six minutes. In New York, I walk about three blocks away from where the pier is and order my Uber from there uh, and get away from all of the madness. But how was the, you know, how was the actual physical act of disembarking from the ship? Because that is one problem that I've run into on these, the, some of these mega ships, especially um, Norwegian Breakaway, uh, Escape Had It to a certain degree that, that despite their best efforts to sort of organize it and tell people get off when your color is called and all that, it just becomes a hot mess and everybody tries to get off whenever they want and it creates lots of bottlenecks. So there were people waiting before the ship even docked with their luggage. And the crew instructor actually came on and said, guys, you need to chill out if you're in the disembarkation line. We're not even docked yet. (laughs) So we were still like, we hadn't even boarded the pilot yet, I don't think. And people were just sitting there by the door. He's like, go wait somewhere because we have to get set up and set the terminals up and all that. For us, it was very easy because I'm normally the first person off this ship. I just normally want to get the hell off. Just, I, I, I hate crowds, so just want to get out of there before everyone wakes up. This time, I waited until this is your final call. If you are on Norwegian Joy and not doing a back-to-back, we need you to disembark at this time. And so I, I scanned out like around 10 o'clock or so, and we, we just walked right off. But I'm sure if you were walking off a little earlier than that, you might have had some issue. Of course, walking off at 10, our thing was, well, hey, we can go down there and just grab an Uber. won't be crazy. 
We were wrong, walked a thousand feet, boom, we were out of there, and we went down to Long Beach. We didn't go down to LAX and fly out that day. We stayed on the Queen Mary that night, which we'll talk about at a later date. But yeah, we just Ubered to the Queen Mary, and boom, we were on our way. All right, so when we do do the Queen Mary show, you're going to have to make sure to link it in the notes here, because I know that, like me, a lot of other people are going to want to hear about that, because that, that, from what you told me already, sounded really cool. So we will have to talk about that. Uh, any, what, what are your final thoughts on, on Norwegian Joy? And is it basically, as claimed, virtually a twin sister of Bliss? Totally a twin sister. The pools are a little modified between them, as we talked about earlier. More pool space on Bliss, a little less pool space on Norwegian Joy. We didn't touch on those two slides. One's a free fall that goes over the side of the ship and loops twice. The other one's more of a twisty turned covered slide on the other side. Golf course right above the two-deck go-kart track. People were actually, a lot of people were doing that, which I found really random, but I guess people enjoy some mini golf on vacation. I guess in closing here, I'd say I really like the sight lines on this ship. I know you're not a big fan of sight lines on the ship, but I love them. I love being able to leave Cagney's and just keep walking straight and wind up in Food Republic or at the District Brew House without having to make any, you know, round any corners. I, I just absolutely love the straightness of this ship. You are all about like sort of the straight line. I, I like a wandering promenade. I like, you know, I like curves and and things that are not quite so boxy which isn't to say i mean obviously i love the norwegian ships i've done them a thousand times but uh but i'm a little more boxy and i'll tell you this the reason i did not ask you about the water slides is because i heard a rumor that you whisked out on them so i didn't want to embarrass you i am terrified of want to have big time space issues i don't like being around a lot of people and i don't like being in enclosed spaces and there's no way I don't think so. Well, what, we what will bring those you up in your me? next therapy session. Dude, people were having a... Dude, I don't know if you remember this, but on Bliss, they had that put an escape door in because people were getting stuck on that first loop. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's no way, man. If I got if I couldn't make that first loop and I was stuck there and the water was coming over me, you'd have to medevac me off that ship because I would be a nervous wreck. All right. Well, we won't, we won't torture you anymore with thoughts of that. Um, thanks for letting me grill you about the ship. Thanks for doing it, as always. Anytime. Always glad to. And by the way, if you want to see more Norwegian Joy photos or if you want to see the review of Norwegian Joy, check out cruiseradio.net. Also, if you scroll back through my Twitter feed at Cruise Radio, I was flying home on a five-hour flight from L.A. and I got bored and started this tweet storm of photos from Norwegian Joy. So that's found on the Cruise Radio Twitter there. All right, well, that'll do it for this bonus episode of Cruise Radio. A uh, rather long one. Getting, I uh, hope I wasn't too winded for you. Almost 50 minutes here, starting to get like Tommy Casabona. Actually, I'm not because I actually have a show every week. But with that said, thank you so much for listening. Very grateful, and we'll talk to you soon. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.